0: It's Tim here on the Egg Chasers rugby podcast back in my home office, hence the Echoey Acoustics. But thank you very much for listening. This is the second podcast of the week. Once again, we have three for you. Tomorrow, you will be getting the midweek domestic podcast, which is talking about all things Aviva Premiership, sorry, Avicii Premiership uh, Pro 12 and looking ahead to a big weekend of European rugby. We've already released our review of England versus Australia and some other big themes in the world of rugby but right now it's time to go behind enemy lines once more and one final time with the green and gold boys from Australia, our counterparts on the other side of the world. They've had a tough old 2016 but fair play to them, they're willing to front up once again. So this is me chatting with Hugh, with
2: Reg and with Matt. Hello everyone, now it's been a tough week for Wobby fans, it's been a tough season, and anyone saw the post-match press conference would have seen Michael Checker, our coach, looks quite depressed. So we're looking for ways that we can cheer him up, if possible. Matt Rowley, welcome to the show, Uh, and how are we going to cheer up Check? Well mate, I'd soften him up
1: um, by letting him know he doesn't have to play England next year, Um, so that one's off the card. (laughs) Uh, yes. But then the the bombshell I'd drop is that the um, the sex tape I've got between um, Eddie Jones and um, Hanson, um, Steve Hanson. So um, <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been I've been keeping it on the download. Not many people should see it or um, should ever want to see it. But I just figure you know it's going to take drastic measures to check to cheer check up. So I'm rec- I might pull it out of the bottom drawer now for that.
2: <laughs> if that's gonna cheer him up. I guess he needs it. Um, <laughs> Hugh Cavill, how do we cheer up? Check.
3: Matt, actually, on that point, Matt, about that tape, I was wondering why, for our Facebook live, you had such an elaborate video set up um, <laughs> that you own. So uh, that sort of explains a few things. Oh, look, <laughs> I, I, I think the ultimate Christmas present for Check, if someone can get it for him, is is just a, just maybe a one a twenty four hour immunity from World Rugby sanction. So you know we can he can smash or you know, we can give him one one thing a pass on anything he can abuse a cameraman he can smash a commentary a coach's box window he can fire off about a ref just give him an hour you know an hour where everyone else where everyone agrees to look the other way and he can go bananas it's
2: it's look. like that movie The Purge he's just got twenty four hours and anything goes
1: <laughs> I like that
2: exactly <laughs> love it love it now I mentioned it's been a tough year for us for Australian rugby and what's probably made it so much harder for us here in the Grinning Gold Rugby Show. It's this commitment we had to linking up with the egg chaser lads at the start of the season and we've followed it through now and would you believe we've followed it through once again. So joining us tonight is a very special guest and uh, I say that all tongue in cheek we, we're thrilled to have him on board and we've enjoyed their uh, the cohabitation this year and it's Tim Cocker, how are you going, Tim? Very well.
0: We've enjoyed it as well and what honour you guys have got because I, I would have I, I imagined maybe there would have been some internet problem or technical <laughs> hitch uh, to preventing me from coming on. But no, fair play. Good on you.
2: Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having us. Any thoughts on how we cheer up check now that you're uh, in the position to uh, understand Aussie coaches a little
0: bit better? Yeah, by the way, I'm not looking the other way if Michael Checker has a 24-hour pass. I've got front <laughs> row seats and some popcorn. I would love to see that. Uh, but uh, I just think at times like this, you just need to just, just have a couple of beers. And I think while he's in Europe, um, before he goes home, I don't know if they're already on the plane home, or hopefully he had a, a good old bender with Kirley Beal and James O'Connor.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Those boys have got some form and I reckon they'd have cheered him up.
2: Yeah, Uh, I think Czechs hang over in Europe a little while longer, so maybe it'll happen. um, So just guys, if there are any sort of
1: interference on the line, um, I have had to pay quite a lot to get the smarm and the gloat uh, firewall down between the UK and Australia. So we've only got it down. <laughs> we, we've only got it down for a little while. If if you suddenly get cut off, Tim, it's not us, mate. It's just the it's the it's the gloat wall um, that might have
0: gone back do, up. do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what's been flying around in the UK so much in the rugby fraternity up here is that? That Fox Sports advert corrin oh, and Kafer and Kearns and Co. Uh, like just keeps it with every win from England it just
2: gets that little bit sweeter. Uh, didn't they try to delete it off the system after that first test? They <laughs> did. Saved it. Yep. Yeah, we made sure we had it saved. Oh god. Uh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. All right. Well, we're going to get stuck into it, guys. We've got five burning questions tonight, which I'll run over for you quickly now before uh, Tim helps us out with answering the first couple. So the first question is, what was the biggest factor in the result on the weekend? Question two, simply England, ass or class? Uh, question three, does Australia have a discipline issue? Question four, what do we learn from this tour as a whole? In question five, we've had the state of origin concept being proposed for the June window next year to keep rugby in the public eye. What's the best option for the uh, ARU to do here? And we're going to talk about some ideas we have on that one as well. So let's let's start it off. Tim, you're our guest, but you're going to have to sit back and wait and listen to this for a little while. Um, I'm going to start with you, Matt. Biggest factor in the result in the weekend, mate? Um,
1: oh, I think everybody is waiting for me to just wade in on Yakko Piper, aren't they? Um... But I can't. I I, I can't say that, actually. Um, Look, it's going to be a theme that's going to run throughout. Um, I think the the biggest thing here is it it was the Wallabies themselves. Um, I think they they came out in those first 20 minutes. They showed um, what they could do. Um, And then I I thought, you know, yeah, it it kind of, I think, what, did they get to, like, 10 points um, or so? But when they missed those, was it two or three Tries held up. I think they were starting to think yep. um, this isn't going to be our night, and then or the, our afternoon maybe. And then they just had that. I, it's kind of punctuated throughout this this whole series this year. Um, they just had that you know calamity um, you know stuff up uh, between Phipps and and Kepu, um, leading to the most you know to yet another peach of a you know kick through, bounce up perfectly into your hands under the posts. Um, is it Jonathan Joseph who keeps doing it? Um, yep. Uh, you know, and I think that was it. I think they just looked at each other. And I must admit, I had mentally pictured that sort of thing happening um, as well. You know, and it seems to be something that uh, this team is kind of prone to at the moment. Um, of those, just those mishaps, whether it comes from a ref or whether it comes from the other team, largely caused by ourselves. Um, and I'll maybe go into some stats about that later. Um, but I, I thought that it was that. I thought, um, you know... Australia came out, just looked absolutely 10 out of 10, probably some... I think some of the stuff we'd seen there is some of the best attack in the world this year um, in, in structured play. But, you know, then just kind of... I think they mentally dissolved um, when, you know, those things just didn't go their way and then you, you had that, you know, kick in the nuts and try under the posts.
2: Yeah, fair call. Tim, I'm interesting to just sort of know your, your interpretation of two things. You know, did England start slow? What... Uh, Yeah, what was the reason for that slow start? But then, what turned it around? What, what, um, you know, what got England back in that game?
0: I've got to tell you, I thought the game was done at twenty minutes. I thought this is uh, this is a horror show from England. And I think one of the key elements there was, um, unlike in some of the tests in June when England managed to nullify Pooper, they really got to George Ford. And really put him under pressure. And there was no fluency from England's game. Uh, Australia just started 100 miles an hour. It looked so good. But so, but if, if I'm going to take it from the positive from England's point of view, I think the key factor, biggest factor in the result was the mental fortitude that England now have. Because with that 20 minutes, there was cool heads and the way that they turned it around. And actually, you know, it, it, it was a level of streetwise... Uh, performance from England, like for example, I think you, you Matt picked up on the, the phipps Kepu mess up that that led to one of the tries. That an exper- uh, Ben Youngs, who f- I've got to say, fair play boys. Back in June, we, we we were all saying, "You really you fear Ben Youngs?" Um, I don't know what it is against Australia, and recently he's uh, he's a different. He's just incredible, but he would have. He would have managed to have won a penalty from Mako Vinopola, who was just lazily getting up off the deck. But Phipps tried to run around him bit too nice and ended up bodging up the pass. So I I think that there's a real steeliness about about Eddie Jones and about this England team. And I think one one England guy that embodies that, he's not totally fit, but I think Owen Farrell is so important on both sides of the game and just in general. I think he's actually the, the true leader of that team for my money.
2: Yeah, really, that's that's a, that's a huge one, because, you know, he, he doesn't have the dominant... He, he keeps single in there, and I see that, and he keeps the game going, and all that sort of stuff, to be that true leader. Here's an interesting one for you that I just picked up. So, you know, scores first, looks fantastic. You know, we got 7-0, kick by Foley, 10-0. Farrell, the man, kick gets us back in, 10-3, 10-6. 29th minute, Jonathan Joseph scores his try. So remember that, 29th minute, Jonathan Joseph scores a try from a loose ball. Let's go back to June, what was it, June 11th, June 10th, Suncorp Stadium. Hooper scores early, Folau scores early, (laughs) 10-0 to the Aussies. Farrell kicks a penalty, gets another penalty, gets another penalty at the 32nd minute mark. So 29th minute, this weekend, 39th minute, the uh, 32nd minute start of the year. Jonathan Joseph scores a try from another loose ball, Fips pass to uh, I think Karevi that time uh, instead of Kepu, and Jonathan Joseph scores a try. Those two moments are my turning points for those respective matches. It, it, it just, it's like you said, Matt, it's when those heads started to drop and I think the English realised that they could get back into this one.
1: And it was Groundhog Day, um, wasn't it? I mean, I just, I just couldn't believe it. I was just watching, it. It, I'm, you know, that you broke it down to that detail, Reg, is great because it just felt to me. I had that Grace Jones song going in my head. Uh, was it strange? I've seen this face before. Um, and I was, <laughs> I, it was strange I've seen this game before. Um, and, I, and we had.
2: Um, it was just, it was uncanny. It was. Hugh, what about you, mate? What's your reading on all this?
3: Uh, well, it's funny that you, you talk about, um, you know, us letting England into the game. I think we probably sell England a little bit short. And You look at Jonathan Joseph there. I mean, he scores that try in in, in Suncorp. He scores the try uh, at Twickenham and then and he, and he takes that intercept from David Pocock. I mean, the guy has a knack for this. You know, it's not just... He doesn't just bob up, you know, out of nothing and and uh, have these things handed to him. There's an obvious skill level that he has to put himself in these positions to take advantage of errors. Um, and Australia did make, you know, we as we have every game a couple of key errors that let an opposition score a try, and that's what's been killing us. And and we don't. And England, are, are a good enough team, not to give us the flip side. They didn't give us, you know. Arguably, they probably gave us one uh, tight head scrum in, in the fifth or sixth minute. But other than that, they really don't give you anything. And so, the, the, the little shred of possession that you have and the few opportunities that you have, you've got to bank them. You've got to score those tries. And, you know, as much as we came away with points, most times we went into the England 22 in the first, those first 30 minutes, it felt like when Folau got Falau knocked that ball on when Kundrani got held up, when Kepu got held up, it just felt like we needed to, to, to score those tries. And instead of being 10 nil, it's 14 nil, it's 17 nil. And all of a sudden, that's, that's when the game starts to become, you know, starts to get away from England, and that's where we can really gain that confidence that we've been lacking. Uh, so I, I think you've just got to give full credit you know, to England. Uh, four games we've played against them, it's, it's, you know, you've got to admit it, they're just a better team. They're just a better team than us. And it came through in that second half where that mental fortitude that that Tim spoke about just kicked in, they had confidence in everything they did, they trusted their systems, they got into the game, and and, and they they took advantage of every single opportunity that we gave them. So, (sighs) ah, depressing, (laughs) Um, but, yeah, it's, that that was a factor. But it just yeah. it, I think yeah, Matt says it's the Wallabies. I say it's England.
1: Nah, you, I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking all that graciousness, you. Well, you can do that. I'm gonna. I'm. <laughs> I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna go with that. So you, so basically you're saying Jonathan Joseph, Joseph is like the error whisperer. So he kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, he kind of whispers into pips' ear, gets inside his head, makes him make the error. I think Jonathan Joseph looks like that annoying kid that used to play with the under tens. He was always some winger. He was always kicking the ball through <laughs> and just using his raw pace to burn the rest of us off. You know, to be fair, level. S-
0: sorry, guys, I just got to congratulate you. We're, we're, I think we've gone through ten minutes of this podcast and you haven't mentioned a TMO. A knock-on, a forward pass. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. That's coming, don't worry. That's, we just wait till you leave. We just wait yeah. till you leave, Tim, and that's only. we... We don't want anyone holding us.
2: us back on that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Reg? What do you reckon, uh, mate? From, from oh, that? mate, I, I can't... I think it's already almost been summed up there, and I'll get to a second point. Almost been summed up there already. I can't believe... I mean, there was, I was times I was watching that first half an hour and I you know there was no way we were going to lose that game and in thought, fact, I thought we we would run away with it, um, as you said earlier the the clinical nature of our attack early uh, Navaluu just looks superb you know any time that we found space regularly, he showed his speed that great finish of his own um, but as we have all year we 've struggled to to, to finish haven 't we and we 're in position so often. Um, and you, you say we got held up and the disallowed Karandrani try from the, the Pocock tackle and so on but we just don't have that ability to finish and whatever England did the, the difference between
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation They said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said, what the f-?
2: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That Australia first half hour and Australia in the second half was just monumental and and to England's complete credit, they just ramped it up big time. But what I was going to say, what impresses me, oh, maybe this is getting to the second question.
1: Mm.
2: Maybe I'll hold off on that point for the time being because it, it's probably relevant to that. But um, it, It's just, I don't know what happened. You know, Normally, Checker I would have thought it's a type of guy. I've never sat in one of his halftime conversations, obviously. But I would have thought he would be the one that would get them spurred up, get them ready for that second half again because that second half was pretty inseparable, and England controlled it from the kickoff, and, and that's when Young's really stood up. His he, sort of box kicking and his, his, uh, his guiding that team around was just superb. Yeah, he, so, yeah. he, he was brilliant. But, yeah, I think that takes us in the second one, mate. Yeah, so the second question is England arsehole class. And, Tim, I'll, you know, this one I will throw straight to you, mate. Stand up for your team.
0: 14 wins unbeaten in a calendar year, I think, speaks for itself. There will be people that will say, oh, well, you, you've not played New Zealand, but we have played Australia four times, three of those in Australia, of course. So, uh, but uh, you, do you know what? I, I am feeling very good as an England rugby fan, but I also think we need to throw congratulations at Australia because you're record breakers this year as well. Well done. <laughs> I heard this. I heard this. All right, break it for us, mate. What was it? The most defeats of any international team in a calendar year ever this ever by anyone apparently nine holy hell and and the most points conceded by an international team in a calendar year wow so congratulations like, guys
1: i don't think the sex tape's going to do it anymore i don't <laughs> i didn't realize it <laughs> was can, that I, bad. can
0: i oh, can
3: i i can i also can I stick the, up the, let me stick up for let me stick up for, for, for quickly on this one because i also think we also have another record which is the hardest schedule Faced by any team ever, the longest yeah. and hardest schedule: fifteen games, no gimmies, Seven against the best, you know, the best two teams in the world, um, and then you know another five away in the northern hemisphere to, uh, to to pretty good northern hemisphere sides. There's no there's no Fijis in there. there's no Samoas. We don't get a, a gimme against Italy or or Fiji at, at Twickenham, you know, which we'd all love to do. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, so so that's yeah. that's my that's my. Cut. Do you know what? I, I had that little stat up my sleeve in case you guys got too salty about losing, but you haven't, and now I just feel bad. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, now you look like a bad winner, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but uh, so I, I will one hundred percent defend England as as having class. What they have is incredible strength in depth in positions. Now again. Maru Itoji wasn't there and Courtney Laws plays incredibly well. Joe Launchbury played incredibly well in previous tests. He wasn't even available because of a suspension. Jonathan Joseph probably wouldn't have been starting if everybody was fit. And look at the game he had. Who knows what we're going to be able to, going to actually select as our centres when Manu Tuolangi back. back. Um, Henry Slade was on the bench and he's a, an absolutely amazing talent Marlin Yard was brought in because of his defensive skill. Crikey, he looked like he really? never played rugby before in that first twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, so I just I, I think this is an absolutely amazing crop of players, and some of them are just moving into the the area where you can start to talk about them in in the world class bracket. Owen Farrell being one, Billy Vanapola being another. And I think there's a Mako Vanapola potentially a couple of years from now and a a few others. So I I, I think that there's still evolution to happen and there's some really exciting players to come into this team over the next few years. Uh, I I think 100% England is class.
2: Well, and this is my point and it goes along the lines. You mentioned depth and the sign of a good team for me is when they can bring in players and those players stand up. Tom Wood, Nathan Hughes, two in particular, I thought, in this game were fantastic, put aside wood wood swimming effort up the side of that mall there. But yeah. those two guys were fantastic. Oh and that's how he
3: picked up the ball offside in a ruck and ran, yeah, you 40 had ran straight through. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Bullshit. Um, but he got away with it. But Marlon Yard's another one who I don't rate as a player, always looks dodgy no. ass. but in the two games he's played for Australia, he's pulled out massive plays um, that have been significant towards the game and, and, and that's what you're looking for on your team. What you know, that depth, and say so you should with the players' numbers and the resources and all that sort of stuff, but the quality of those players, that team in its own, but the depth that's coming through too is just some sensational. I'm blown away from it. A question before to you, Tim. I was, I was on one of your digital sports channels early this morning, your time over there, and they finished by asking me the question this English team and what they've achieved this year versus the 2003 World Cup winners. Who's better?
0: Oh, there's there's no question. The O three team are way better. They had when you actually look back at that O three team, they had uh, they had true world class players, the best in their position, in about yeah. six or seven positions on the field key yeah. positions as well so there's no way you can't compare the two yet this one swallow doesn't make a summer and you, you you don't just go a calendar year unbeaten and start declaring yourself the best in the world i mean you just have to look at new zealand it's a decade of consistency that that gets you to that level and it was it was a year like this that england built upon to to lead up to 2003 in in sydney and that and, and the world cup win so it's it's what you do now that, that defines you as a team. So we're not getting ahead of ourselves, don't worry.
2: Good stuff. Same answer. All right, Hugh, what about you, mate? Uh, it feels odd, you know, us having to sit here with Tim and, and blow smoke up his arse, but it's, it seems fairly legit.
3: Yeah, it does. It does, doesn't it? I mean, and, the, and they are class, as, as I said before. Um, it's just, oh, that Nathan Hughes sums it up. You know, the, the really good teams in the All Blacks in their prime, which they probably still are, have this ability to pull these inexperienced. I remember, buddy, Stephen Luatua did it to us a few years ago, and every year there's someone, Anton Linnett-Brown, someone comes out of nowhere, debutant, you think, oh, we've got a shot at this mm. bloke. You know, he's he'll be a liability. And they come out and play like a 100-test veteran. Mm. And Hughes, by the end of the game, was running with seven blokes hanging off him. And you go, where's this bloke come from? You know, what's, he doesn't, He's he got no right to be doing that. And Fiji because... is the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, we can't really talk um, after talking up seven hours. <laughs> yeah. Um But, um, yeah, look, just that ability, you know, and that depth, as Tim talked about, you know, especially in the second row where we can't find a second row to save ourselves, where England have probably got six or seven, you know, properly good second rowers. And, and yeah, and, and buddy Ben Young's lopping up those box kicks, just inch perfect on the spot. And, we, you know, even Folau was struggling with them, and that, I think... That's about as high a price as you can have on a on a box kick. It, it just, it's it's um so ruthless and so clinical. And it was typified in that last sort of ten minute stretch where we were just trying to run the ball out of our twenty two. And even against a fairly tired England defence, we were just getting driven back and back and back, and pretty demoralising sight for 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 an Australian rugby fan. So um. Oh God! Let's let's just um yeah. It is there's not there's not much I could say. It's just been yeah. one of those years. Your last
2: let's, three or four contributions, Hugh, have all finished with just a big sigh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. someone take Hugh's shoelaces off him.
1: <laughs> He's already in the cell.
2: We can't. Yeah. We don't yeah. hold
3: the ashes. I mean, we can. Like, I'm trying to think of a recent oh, sporting success over re- sevens. I mean, I think the sevens. We the women's sevens. Can we talk about that still? I think I've been holding onto that for about. Seven yeah. months now, so... There, yeah, do. <laughs> um,
1: well, look, let, let me come out swinging then. Yeah, um, come on, Matt. You guys are just going to roll over and tickle their tummies. No, look, um, first of all, look, I thought, yeah, England... And actually, I was listening to your guys' podcast, Tim. Um, was it just today, I think? I think even you guys, when you went through that game, um, and Phil, who's obviously the most balanced rugby pundit any of us know, um, basically went through the litany of calls and events that broke your way. Um, yeah, and it was, and then it was like, <laughs> so you guys went through that. And went, oh yeah, and there was that penalty, and there was that forward pass, and there was that thing he missed, and da 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 da, and um, oh yeah, but yeah, and but then we played so well, and so look, I think it was both. I think you did play really, really well, and I. But Australia, if you look over those four te- those four tests. It's the same thing that keeps happening. And so I, I can't just feel that, like, I don't think there's some massive ref conspiracy. Yakko um, Piper is a hometown ref. He always has been. I mean, the, the cognitive dissonance when he watches that pass go forward, sticks his oh. hand out, is about to call it, and then goes, obviously something in his head goes, oh, no, I just won't. Um, because his his, <laughs> his, his his natural thing was, oh, that's clearly a forward pass, like everyone else in the stadium saw, but then didn't call it. But, you know, the, the reason why Phipps didn't milk the penalties, we I think he thought he had it. I mean, he had. Vunapola literally sat up in his way. Yeah, I mean it was the most yeah. ridiculous thing. The Tom Wood swimming down the side—that was the very definition of swimming yeah. down the side of a rock. I mean all those things. But at the end of the day, um, I take this up a level. So I think yeah, you got a few bounces your way in the in the in the match. But I think um, our England world class. Yes, I think they are, but the one thing I want to temper back is in what style of team they are. And this comes back to, for example, when we have these conversations with you guys and you say, uh, people are saying, oh, yes, um, for example, Farrell, is a, or, or, the, um, or the, the guy who played on, sat on the weekend, whose name I'm just blanking on for a second, who played 10 for you. Just George Ford. Yeah, Ford. George Ford. Ford. You, know, you know, they're great 10s. They're not in Australia, in a, in a Southern Hemisphere idea of ten. Um, you know, they control a game like an English ten might. Um, you know, you know, largely through kicking, maybe through some good defence. I understand Ford apparently at club level has shown a bit more. I still haven't seen it at international level and I haven't seen it from Farrell either. But they do what's great and I think what Eddie has done, and I think again, you guys had this other conversation of, well, why is it that Eddie's managed to get this out of these players? I can tell you exactly why it is. Is because Eddie Jones knows exactly what he feared the most from an England team. Um, and he put that together with knowing how to coach or at least consult towards an, a springbok team that won a world cup he put those two things together and that's the team you're looking at i actually think it's quite limited in a number of ways but what it's good at and you saw it on the weekend i mean how the hell did they turn that match around and i can tell you what it was it was young's boot a good chase um and basically put, and some good defense and putting the pressure back on i saw Almost nothing else to make me think that this team has a whole lot more. But don't get me wrong. You get those things right and you'll probably beat eight out of ten international teams. Um, And I think that's what we saw. It'll put pressure on. It'll cause mistakes. And we know this Australian team is fragile at the moment. Um, and, and, And they'll crumble underneath it. So, look... I guess in a way, I'm giving you a roundabout compliment as, yes, I do think they're class. I just think we probably need to temper it just a little bit in that, you know, and what I from the little I know of what's coming through on the bench, I don't see anyone who then blows my mind in terms of, wow, that's going to really suddenly turn England into this, um, you know, expansive... Um, you know, phase play attacking team. Not that they initially want to be. I don't think Eddie wants to take them there. And I think he's been quite candid in that he thinks the players are quite limited. He said it to all the journal, any journalist who'll listen. I think these the, these guys are limited. But what he does know is that he can use what you guys do really well to to beat beat the crap out of us at the moment. He called it rope a dope, and that's exactly what it was. So anyway, that's. I've got that, I've got no well, I have that
0: would just I would just counter that slightly by saying I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, Anthony Watson, I do think is one of the could be potentially one of the best finishers in world rugby on the wing. So uh, I would I would definitely watch out for him coming back. But New Zealand, they kick more than any other international team and have done. And there's nothing there's nothing limited about playing rugby in the right part of the field. And I think that I mean particularly in the second half when you were only uh, because of the missed kick you were nine points down. And you were still trying to run from inside your 22 with 63 minutes on the clock. I was scratching my head going, what are they doing? They're, to, they're expending so much energy in the wrong area of the field. So yeah. I just think there's a, there's a, there's a sort of quite a, a bit of a rugby intellect about this England team. They're, they're quite smart in, in the things that they do. And that's very much like New Zealand.
1: But I think what you're saying, actually, and what you gave a great example of there is, and they're playing against, and Jones has said it since, since before he landed in Australia, yeah. we're going to play rope-a-dope. Because the intellect that England's showing, which I don't think it's actually brain surgery, right? Play in the right end of no. the field um, is exactly what the Wallabies don't have. And I think we're watching right now an experiment um, that Checker is had a, you know, the worst year in international rugby history as the result of, which is can you play running rugby with no plan B at all times? And he even had great weather throughout the whole Mm. thing so it wasn't like we had you know pissing down rain and whatever else to kind of you know it was and and actually injury wise we didn't do too badly so you know i think it's been an incredible experiment in kind of rugby philosophies and we've come out really badly on the wrong end
0: well what better time to have an experiment than three years out from a world cup it's it's not like we're you've got it months away Mm. this is why i I will still know that australia come 2019 are going to be and a major, major threat and a proper contender. So I don't read too much into this year.
2: Yeah. All right. Good stuff, Tim. We're going to leave you there. We know you got a busy day ahead of you over there. Really appreciate yours and, and jb's and the team's uh, involvement with us this year uh congratulations Likewise. to all the english crew obviously the egg chaser podcast is out there guys they're on twitter at, at rugby podcast um i'm sure all our listeners are listening already but uh thanks tim thanks for joining us again and we uh, best luck with the, the six nations all when it kicks off and we'll try and catch up again soon hey definitely pleasure gents even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things